Welcome folks to the podcast today for May 18, 2016. Yesterday we talked about X-Men, the first X-Men film, by chance. It came up on Netflix roulette. It was a nice little happy coincidence. And yesterday I went to see X-Men Apocalypse, the latest Brian Singer-directed X-Men Extravaganza, the sequel to Days of Future Past. I also saw Days of Future Past yesterday. The cinema in Cork here they did a triple showing. I didn't have time to go see X-Men First Class because I was recording the weekend show. So you can check that out at soundcloud.com forward slash I liked yesterday's episode, actually. I thought yesterday's episode of the weekend show was a really fun little episode. So go listen to it. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. If you listen to that and you haven't listened to this, you're never going to hear this. So, you know, listen to the podcast today, too. But this show is going to be a review of X-Men Apocalypse. The Brian Singer directed the latest, his latest entry, his fourth. Yeah, he directed... X-Men 1, X-Men 2, Days of Future Past, and this X-Men Apocalypse. So this is fourth, the, I want to say, eighth film in the X-Men franchise. The original trilogy, this trilogy, and then two spin-offs with another Wolverine film to come. And, well, I suppose if you include Deadpool, it's nine. And the latest effort to basically shine light on the relationship between Magneto, Professor X, and Mystique. Because that's what this, this series is. I'll get onto that in a second. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see that this film didn't get particularly good reviews. You know, it's kind of mixed. I think it's 50-something on Rotten Tomatoes. And I really like this film. I thought this was a really, really good film. And I was like, oh, I'll read some of the reviews. I want, to, I want to know why people didn't like the film. And most of it kind of settled down to the fact that there was a lot of, like, CGI destruction. And I can understand why people have a great deal of fatigue toward, like, rampant destruction and rampage and things blowing up and everything being destroyed and cities being leveled and all that kind of end of the world, everything is doomed, cities are collapsing and there's an evil villain going to kill us all kind of thing. Because there's been a lot of that since, like, the advent of superhero films and disaster films. And a lot of the time, it totally lacks substance. Like, Batman vs Superman is a terrible film because it spends the first half kind of meditating on the the idea of what do superheroes provide society and are they worth the trouble or they, do they cause more problems than they kind of prevent and then midway through the film it decides to blow everyone up and then crush a city and that that's worthless because there's there's no character there that that's not focused on like character or story or kind of narrative it's just like let's blow stuff stuff up don't reveal anything about batman or superman or wonder woman it's just trash the place same with man of steel the only thing that revealed about the superman character is that his single kind of noble intent that he does not kill doesn't really stand he doesn't really have any moral standing at all whatever principles that guide him are thrown out the window for the sake of a cheap pop if you will using pro wrestling terminology whereas what i liked about apocalypse yes the film is called x-men apocalypse the the titular apocalypse because once again titular is a wonderful word the titular apocalypse is a kind of all-powerful god he is a mutant who absorbs the powers of other mutants via transferring his spirit into their body, thus getting their powers, and he does that for millennia. And actually, I really like the idea that they actually don't really tell you what he can do, with the implication being that potentially he can do anything, which is neat, except control people's minds, because that's that's an important plot point. But the film is called X-Men Apocalypse. There's, There's going to be a tease of apocalyptic events that comes with the territory and a lot of the x-men films have been kind of smaller scale kind of down to earth very personal films like days of future past it's about like the post-apocalyptic world that is created but when they go back to the 70s it is relatively small scale it's kept personal same with first class even same with uh, the first two x-men films particularly x-men 2 which is more focused kind of on wolverine's backstory 
And I think they've earned the right to do a smashy, smashy film. It's not even that much of a smashy, smashy film. It's interesting because um, First Class was set in the 60s, Days of Future Past in the 70s, and this is set in the 80s. But it's interesting to contrast it to the other two films. It has the least sense of kind of place and time. There is kind of musical cues and some kind of current events that give you a hint of the broader context in which this film is happening. But First Class and Days of Future Past were very much films that leaned on the time periods they were set in a lot more. This is more of a standalone film that happens to be in the 80s. Apparently the next film is going to be in the 90s, the next X-Men film. It'll be interesting to see what happens then after that because they've caught up essentially. They've caught up to, like, the original X-Men film was in the year 2000, so the kind of prequel trilogies have, have kind of met the the kind of original trilogy. It's like freaking Star Wars. But the, the idea was the, the kind of Fastman and McAvoy is set in the past and the McKellen Stewart is set in the present. But what happens when the, the past series kind of catches up with when the present series began? <laughs> and the characters look the same. They have established that this is... This is an alternate timeline. The effects of Days of Future Past did alter the timeline of the original films. So the, the plot can kind of justifiably change, but characters looking different kind of doesn't. Why doesn't it look like Ian McKellen anymore? Michael Fassbender doesn't look like anything like Ian McKellen. But back to the point, it's a film set in the 80s with some 80s music. It's, it's not really an 80s film in the same way Days of Future Past was very much a 70s film and First Class was a 60s film. The same, the same kind of core trio is the core of the film, and that's that's why I think the film works because Apocalypse is almost a side character. What Apocalypse is doing almost doesn't matter, and I mean that in a good way because the film, the, the trilogy, even from First Class to Apocalypse, is telling the the interconnected story between Magneto, Professor X, and Mystique. That's what these films are about, and they don't dislike each other. They're they're not well. They are friends. They care about one another. But I talked about this in the X Men review yesterday that Professor X and Magneto are friends. You know, they do care for one another. They do want the same thing. They want mutants to live a happy and peaceful life. It's just Professor X believes that they can do so in kind of in unison with the human race, whereas Magneto doesn't really think that. And Magneto's is more informed by broader worldviews and even events that happen in this film continue to inform Magneto's kind of stance on how he views the human race and how a kind of anger and rage drives him more than compassion. And hope, actually hope is an interesting theme because it carries over from Days of Future Past. It was interesting to watch them back to back because hope is kind of the big theme of Days of Future Past that James McAvoy's Professor X has lost hope. And he finds hope in that film, and the kind of the kind of theme, the idea of hope carries into this film. He has found that hope, and he still has hope in this film, which I think is it's nice to see those films kind of continue to to feed into each other. To, that the ideas in one film inform the ideas of the next. That's that's why I think this film works though, because it's it's focused entirely, nearly, on the core relationship between those three characters. And the, the, all the other characters kind of circle around it and they get their own moments and some do better than others. But that's what the film is about. It's about the, that's what the trilogy is about. It's about the relationship between Mystique, Professor X and Magneto. And when it focuses on that, it works. And this film, it does work. Even from just like a filmmaking standpoint. It's tightly paced, tightly plotted, good score, well scored, well shot, CGI looks good. Extremely well paced actually, it, it breezes on by. It's a little over two hours. It's 2.20, jeez, it didn't feel like 2.20. So, you know, that's a compliment to a film. Also, theme song is back. I meant to mention that yesterday when I watched X-Men, because the, the kind of, uh, the, the standard X-Men theme song for the, the film franchise didn't come in until X2, so I missed it in the first one. But And it, I don't think it was in 3 or 
First Class or the Wolverine films, but it was brought back in Days of Future Past, and it, it, here it is again in Apocalypse. It's a great theme song. Not as good as the X-Men 90s cartoon theme song, but it's up there. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Quicksilver also got it, another standout scene, because there was a scene in Days of Future Past in the Pentagon kitchen, where he was just running around the place causing havoc, and they tried to top it, and it, I don't have said they matched it. They, they do do another him running through a place while everything else is standing still. Uh, it works. It does work. It could feel like a little too much like going back to the well for a second time because, you know, people loved it in the first one. But uh, it works. And Quicksilver has a, an increased role in this film. And for the better. I think his, his Quicksilver is more interesting than the Marvel Cinematic Universe Quicksilver. Which, who got killed off. Evan Peters Quicksilver is, he's, he's good. I like him. Kind of central to the film is Magneto's development. Magneto is always central to these films because Magneto is probably the best comic book villain. He's not a villain per se. He's He believes... They say like the best villains firmly believe in what they're saying. They're not just like, I'm a bad guy, evil, 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 destroy the world. Which is kind of what Apocalypse is, but even then, even Apocalypse is informed by the betrayal of the human race. That's why he wants to kill them, because they betrayed him and buried him under a pyramid. So when he comes back after all those years, and that's in the first five minutes of the film, when he comes back after all those years, he's like, guys, I was your god, and you crushed me under a pyramid. That kind of sucks. <laughs> so that that's Apocalypse's central motivation in this film. Whereas Magneto, I, I won't spoil why Magneto is, is kind of driven toward destroying the world, but it, it does work that he, he tries things a different way and it doesn't quite work out. And I think that, that works as, as a character beat for him because every time he does try to do things the quote-unquote right way, it doesn't go so well for him. Or he wants to, even like in Days of Future Past, he tags along with... Professor X and Wolverine to stop Mystique but his solution to stop Mystique is just a killer. <laughs> it's like you're a liability I'm gonna kill you. Whereas Professor X is like whoa whoa cool your jets. I really like the film. I think the film really does work. I think it did a really good job of introducing the likes of Jean Grey and Cyclops and Nightcrawler. Th those characters work. It, it increases the role of Quicksilver. The only the only two characters that I thought they introduced that didn't really work were Ben Hardy's Archangel and Olivia Munn's Psylocke. But I think that's just more because they, they weren't really... There are more props of Apocalypse than characters in this film. But who knows? There's more X-Men films down the line. There is time for these characters to come to the forefront and be fleshed out. Also, Alexandra Ship, who I've never heard of, who played Storm in this film. Her, of, of kind of like the, the four horsemen, the, 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 the three of the four horsemen who were newly introduced in this film, Apocalypse's four horsemen. I think the Storm character is the one that has the best showing and gets more of the time of day. So yeah. X-Men Apocalypse. I really, I really do think this is a really good film. I think it's a really good trilogy. I don't understand kind of the reception to it other than people just don't like when things veer toward disaster flicky. But even then, this film never lost its sense of character, which I think is the most important part of these kind of films. When you start destroying cities and destroying peoples, <laughs> peoples plural, you, you can't lose the sense of character and you can't lose the sense of stakes and I don't think this film ever does. And people are like, oh why can't Marvel or Disney just get the, the rights to X-Men back so they can make X-Men films and I don't want to see that happen. I'm slightly nervous about this Marvel making a Spider-Man film but I like Tom Holland's portrayal of Spider-Man Civil War so I'll give that to Family of Doubt. And like, I didn't like Batman versus Superman but I kind of like that Warner Brothers have those rights and make those films because they make different films. That's the reason I like the way Fox have the X-Men because they don't make the same films that Disney make. They don't make the kind of popcorn-y action comedies that Disney make, which the Marvel formula, because Marvel has a formula and it works and I like it, 
but I don't want to see every superhero film like that, which is the reason I appreciate the X-Men films taking not a grim approach, because this film is at no stage grim. It's, it's never dark, it's never gritty, it's never overbearingly kind of negative. It's, and I saw other people give out that mutants are still giving out. The kind of core framing of this film is that mutants and humans are broadly getting along at the time that the film begins, so I don't, I don't know where that comes from either. The only character who is kind of brooding is Magneto, and that's kind of understandable. But I like that they, they make serious films that don't kind of border on just being grim. There, there, there's elements of humor, there's elements of fun, it's colorful, it's bright, but they're serious. They deal with, they just take it seriously. And I like that there are different approaches and different people making different kinds of superhero films. And I'd hate to see superhero films become increasingly homogenous and, and made this by the same people the same way. So yeah, X-Men Apocalypse. Really like it. Go see it. Thanks for listening. That's podcast today for May 18th, 2016. Hit me on Twitter, at GaraKidney, at G-A-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. If you've seen the film, let me know your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I want to be the best there ever was. Be all the best. Yeah, that's my cause. Electro, Diglett, Nina, and Mankey. Venus, Rotata, Fero, Pidgey, Seeking, Jolteon, Drake, Knight, Ghastly, Ponytop, Vivorion, Polyrath, Butterfree, Catch'em, Catch'em, Gotta, 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 Catch'em all, Pokemon. I'll search across the land, look far and wide, release from my hands, Protestant inside. Venomoth, Polywide, Nidorino, Golduck, Ivysaur, Grimer, Vitriol, Moltres, Nidoking, Farfetch, Abra, Jigglypuff, Kingler, Royhorn, Clefable, Wigglytuff, Catch'em, Catch'em, Gotta, Catch'em all, Gotta, Catch'em all, Pokemon, Zubat, Primate, Meowth, Onyx, Geodude, Rapidash, Magneton, Snorlax, Gengar, Tangela, Golden Spearow, Weezing, Seal, Gyarados, Slowbro, Gotta, Catch'em all, 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 Pokemon, Kabutops, Persia, it's Kabuto, it's frickin' Kabuto, that, was going so well. Tomorrow. Tomorrow will be it. Tomorrow will be it. At least I made it further than yesterday.